All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. to dropping the gloves everybody it's me and tim again the gruesome twosome the the dynamic duo the dos equis i don't know what dos equis means two x's the double x's i like it well tim how you doing my man good i feel like i haven't talked to you in like a week it's been a while for some reason we recorded it's thursday like- right usually i talk to you every day but <laughs> we haven't talked much this weekend why is that? I don't know. Are you busy with the house? Um, um, I guess I've been busy a little bit. I don't know. I just, we have been distant. I, I've been busy getting the house ready to go. So maybe that's why. Maybe things will settle down in a couple of weeks and we can get back to our normal, normal routine. But yeah, it's been chaotic. We have 12 days until I'm out of this house. So wow, the clock is ticking. For those of you who don't know, I sold my house here in Traverse City and I got a new one and it's almost done. Kitchens, cabinets are going in. The floor went in today. You know, I put the stove in yesterday. They have to just do little things like trim and turn the water on and stuff like that. And then we move in. So bingo, bango, bongo. It seems it sounds easy, but it's just insanely stressful when we got to move out of this house. So how are the girls doing? Are they excited or sad to be leaving? No, they're not sad. They're excited. They have no ties to this house. Yeah, they're uh they're okay with it. I'm okay with it too. I, I'm, I'm getting ready to get out of this place. What's so funny? Right. Are you tired? This is a bad time. I'm constantly tired. I, like I, literally I'm a walking zombie half the day. because I'm so incredibly tired. I wake up, work, 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 and pass out like at 9 30, 10 o'clock. It's so it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But anyways, enough about me. Nothing going on in the hockey world. Like at all. Like I'm talking news. crickets. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it's almost the, 
there was a massive storm with the coronavirus, the playoffs, the draft, the free agency period. And I think everyone's just exhaling, you know, okay, we got a month. Let's just not do anything with hockey. Let's just exhale. And then we'll get back together in a little bit. So it's, uh, it, it's nice for the NHL, but it's bad for us. Cause man, we, we rely on the signings, the, the gossip, the news, the this and that, and we just don't have anything right now. So we're going to go back into the mailbag, take some questions from some fans. Tim's got some questions. I got some questions for Tim. I hate when you ask me questions. <laughs> he, he gets so <laughs> nervous. He gets so incredibly nervous. I just anyways, don't know what you're going to ask. Well, people are invested in your life. They really are. Like you had a hockey game tonight, and what, what happened? Yeah, we lost 3-2. to We were up 2 nothing. And then they came back and they scored the the third goal with like two seconds left in the second period. Just took the wind out of our sails. And that was it. They were a good team. And you did not respond in the third? Nothing? No. No. Nothing. You guys pull your goalie in men's league? We did. Yeah, about a minute left. Yeah. I always find in our league, when we play, whenever we have a power play, it's just a complete disaster because we don't know what to do. And we usually end up giving up a shorthanded goal. I would say last year we got <laughs> five to seven power plays and we gave up both like two goals or three goals. Yeah. And how many did <laughs> so you score? We might've scored one. So <laughs> it's just because everyone doesn't know what to do. They just want to get the puck and go. And like, no one wants to skate back on their own zone. So the puck will get dumped out and they'll just go and get it. And they'll have a two on O on our own goalie. And we're just like, ah, we're, I'm not skating back and getting it. So, and you're, yeah. you're still not playing though, right? I have not played yet this season. I think we're still undefeated. We had a game tonight. Usually after we win, everyone texts like, ah, we won, we won, we won. And there was no messages tonight. So I don't know if we won tonight yet. They might still be playing. No, it's nine o'clock and they're not playing, but yeah, I'm still holding out, holding out for a better offer. I, I'm a free agent. So Tim, if your team wants a, Wants a little upgrade on defense. Let me know. Yeah, you mean it? I I would play for you guys. What's the team? What's your team name? GTR. It's a local. It's a sponsor. I don't know what it means. Some local company. Grand, Grand Traverse Recycling. Maybe. Grand Rotary. Traverse something. I don't know. Rotary. It's definitely not Rotary. That's silly, Tim. Come on. Robot. Right. Anyway, the people are invested in your life. So as long as you're doing good, you're playing hockey. How's the love life going? Anything? Any updates? Uh, nothing crazy to report. Nothing crazy. Just living the bachelor life. Okay. Just having a good time, you know. Say no more. He's probably got like five girls listening to the show right now. Unbelievable, Timmy, dirty dog, you. <laughs> so what are we talking about tonight, John? Well, we're gonna hit the mailbag. You said right. We we yeah. got some questions. We have some in- inquiries from fans, and I think uh, we're gonna just do that today. Keep it loose. Keep it light. We'll see where it goes. I don't know how many questions we'll be able to take. But, you know, these are always fun. I like them. You like them. The fans seem to enjoy them. So let's go. Let's yeah. start it off. All right. So yeah, people will send us questions. That we, I collect them over time and just save them for an episode like this. I do see them all. So, all right. First question. So I don't want to cut you off, Tim, already, but I, I actually just thought of something. So I've been packing up all my stuff in this house, right? Yeah. And we're purging so much stuff. And I am coming across so much old stuff that companies give me. T-shirts, hats, shoes, sandals, gloves, ties. Uh, give it all to me. I want everything. We need to do a massive giveaway. Yeah? It'll be like a John Scott garage sale, but it'll be for free. So <laughs> how do we need to figure out how to set something up where I can just give away all this stuff. 
because I think I have like a good duffel bag full of things. And I have duffel bags too, because everywhere I go, people give you like, and it's from companies. You know what I mean? Like I have some summer skate sandals. I have some gong show stuff. I have cheap skate hockey stuff. I have some, a company gave me like 15 pairs of like driving gloves, like really nice leather gloves. And they don't fit me. Like I have bigger hands and they're all extra large and they're way too small on me. So we have a ton of stuff to give away. And I don't know, we need to think of something creative just to give this stuff away. Cause I, I don't want it. It's either going to go in the garbage or I figure we can just repurpose it and use it as giveaways. Let's do it. So we need to figure out something fun. Cause, and here's another thing. I, it's hard to throw away stuff. Like I, I played for the Rangers for only like two months and I have a bunch of Rangers swag and gear, like shirts. We, we had a big deep playoff run. I have, Eastern Conference final shirts and stuff. And I, it's like, dude, would you throw that stuff away? Like, I don't no. know. It's so strange. So here's I'm what never going to wear it. Here's what you do. Never going to wear it. Collect a box or a duffel bag full of stuff you want to get rid of. And then give me a pass that let me take what I want. And then we'll give away the rest. That sounds good. All right. Nice. We, I have a, a bunch of stuff. I remember when I was playing in San Jose, do you remember the band Rancid? Yeah. I remember the name. They were a ska band. So they were big Sharks fans and they found out that I was a fan of theirs and they sent me like a big care package of all kinds of CDs and stickers and shirts and stuff. But I, I'm just not going to walk around with rancid shirts around my kids. <laughs> yeah. What do the skulls mean, dad? I'm like, I, we're not, I don't want to even, you know, talk about that. So I just have some random stuff. Metallica, the same thing. I met them and they gave me a bunch of stuff. It's just weird stuff. So yeah, it's, it's interesting things, and I, I don't want to just throw it away or give it to Goodwill. I dumped off a bunch of stuff at Goodwill, like a bunch of NHLPA shirts, a bunch of, like, old NHL stuff. And so whoever shops at the Goodwill in Traverse City, you're double XR, double XL, you got a nice, nice Christmas present coming because there's a – like, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff I gave away. We should do a whole episode on just, like, the famous people you got to interact with as a player in the league. I bet you had a lot yeah, of cool I, little stories. I would say the biggest, the most starstruck I had, I was ever was when I met Jim Carrey. That mm. was like, he was at the, the top of his game. It was after a game in LA. And I, that was the game. I just beat the wheels off Kevin Westgarth. Oh. And I was like on top of the world. And he, he happened to be there and he, we just ran and ran into each other underneath the, the Coliseum. And he's like, you, you're the guy. I'm like, you're the guy. And we would just <laughs> kind of talk because he's Canadian. We kind of, went back and forth a little bit and we, I took a picture with him and stuff. And that was really cool. I think he was the only one who I was ever starstruck. Oh, I take that back. Um, Brett, the Hitman Hart. I, he was like, you, 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 please tell me, you know who that is. Brett Hart. Brett, the Hitman Hart. Is that a wrestler? WWF hall of fame superstar. Oh my goodness. No, you're too young. You're dating. Did you ever watch wrestling WWF? No, never. Really? I never had interest in it. No. Oh, man, when I was growing up, that was like it. That was it for me. We used to have big watch parties, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, that stuff. It was so fun. Obviously, I outgrew it, but meeting him was just something special. It was really cool. These are guys who are not athletes, so I, I kind of got starstruck. I met Coolio in an elevator. Didn't move the needle at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, Coolio. What's up, man? But anyways, yeah, we should do an episode. I, you run into some pretty neat people around the way. Just, you know, with the Rangers, we, we saw celebrities all the time. Like Liam Neeson was kind of cool to me. Um, I, I could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the celebrity stories. 
Oh yeah, who do you got? Let's yeah, hear we'll it. Save, we got to save it for the uh, for that episode. I got I got to dig them all up. Yeah, but that's there are lots of them. Do you just meet Boston celebrities? Is that all you have, or do you have like no, other ones? I used to meet celebrities when they came to Boston. So, were you like a stalker, a guy like you knew which restaurants or bars they go to, so you'd sit out front and be like, "Hey, oh my goodness, I this just is a, so strange." Mark, no, Mark no, no, I had a couple of just good connections that 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 they were hooked into like that that scene in Boston, and they would just let me. They'd be like, "Hey, Timmy, come uh, come to this bar," and then it would just be like Donnie Wahlberg would be there, or um just different celebrities and stuff and it was cool we got to hang out with them musicians through my my old company yeah we could that'll be a fun episode sometime um did you ever meet a president no did you okay. yeah a sitting president no big deal whatever not a big deal I, I, I go, it's not a competition okay but if it was <laughs> i think i would win <laughs> but we should do that it is uh gosh remember when american chopper the the American Chopper series, the yeah. motorcycles. Yeah, they came to Chicago and they wanted to have a couple of players on the show. So me and Jack Skilly were on that show. Nice. And Paul Senior came to the locker room and showed us the bike he built and everything. And like I don't know, it was kind of cool. Little stuff like that. Anyways, moving on. I don't want to go down this road because I could just reminisce for days. It's fun. What what kind of questions you got, Tim? What are, yeah, what we, we let's start off with a. Uh, this is a fan one, but um, who name a player who is way better in practice than he was in games? Who is who is so good in practice and so bad in games? Well, this goes hand in hand with our last episode with who would be really good when there's no hitting involved because practice players are the guys who can't carry it over into the game, man, let me think about this. Who is the best player in practice who could never carry that over to the game? Now this is kind of like a loaded question where whoever I say, they're going to get it. They're going to get upset. (laughs) Do you have anybody who you would think would be a great practice? Man, this is a tough one. I'm sorry. It's going to be like a skill guy, right? Someone with sick hands who can just do cool stuff when he's not getting dummied. Right. Yeah. Or you know what? it's it's funny when you when you say something like that it's usually the guys who you least expect It's the guys who are fighters or physical who just go out there and just dummy guys like a guy like Kyle clutterbuck he had really 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 good hands and he had a lethal shot but when he when he jumped on the ice for a game i think he was so concerned with hitting people that his skills never translated because in practice he had a really really good set of hands and he, he was good at, like, controlling the puck, handling it, making plays. And he could, like, throw a sauce from one side of the rink to the next. And he, he was just really good with the puck. But he was so good at hitting that just that's all he focused on when he got on the ice. Like, he was just literally heat-seeking missile when he got on the ice. So someone like that, I think, stands out for me just because he's still – A, he's still playing. So obviously he has some talent. And B, in practice, he could go head-to-head with some of the most skilled guys on our team. Like, when I played in Minnesota, Merrick Zidlicki – had the filthiest hands on the team. He was unbelievable. And Marion Gabrick as well. And Cal had better hands than all those guys. Like we do little sick handling drills and Klutz would just dummy up. And I'm just like, whoa, like this guy, he's got sweet hands. And we get on the ice and he just throw it in the corner and just blow somebody up because he just loved to hit people. He loved it. Like he, he, he just loved to make the crowd go crazy and just do the massive big open ice hits. So nah, he's, a, he's a good name, I think. All right. Uh, who, what, whether it's B.O. or Breath, who was the smelliest teammate you had? 
And this is funny because none of these, I have no, for those of you listening, I have no um, pre-knowledge of these questions. Yeah. So these are all fresh. I have no time to prepare. I think if you were to ask teammates of me in the first six <laughs> years of my career, they would say my breath was terrible. Yeah. And I've heard Daniel say that to you. Yeah. I, I had an issue where like, I, maybe I just didn't brush my teeth the right way or I just, I, I just didn't, didn't do it as often as I should. But people would constantly be like, oh, man, you got bad breath. You, you got some terrible breath, my man. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> and I, I really, really, it hit home when I was playing um, in Chicago. And I hate bringing up Chicago, but Thomas Kopetsky really laid into me that year. Him and Marian Hossa, they, um, they were from Czech Republic and Slovakia, one of the two or both, I don't know. And they just went after me the whole season. And they just ripped me a new one every time I came into the rink. Like, holy, John, close your mouth. We can hardly breathe. Like, and just <laughs> every time they throw like gum in my bag after every game. Because on the road, <laughs> on the road in the locker room, they'd have the big packs of gum. They'd have like mint, bubble gum, juicy fruit, all like the different kinds. And after every game, they would find my bag and load it up with packs of gum. And so I'd get home and every, every pocket would just be full of gum. <laughs> yeah, you guys are hilarious. And it was funny the first time, but then like by the 20th road trip, I'm just like, stop putting gum in the <laughs> Stop it. And they put it in my pockets and my jackets and stuff and my shoes. Oh, like, man. Stop. And then for Secret Santa, he gave me like this really high-tech mouth rinse thing. I'm just like, gosh, you guys are just the worst. So they would say me. Um, and then Mike Brown, we call him Pitsy just because he, yeah. he's all the time. And he, he masked it, masked it a little bit because he, he wore deodorant and cologne and all that stuff. But man, he, he had some funk. And then Brent Burns stunk. To, like Brent would just destroy planes and buses and cars and cabs with just dick farting. <laughs> that was his thing because he ate such a raw, organic diet and he would just like destroy planes. And buses. And it was disgusting. It was absolutely We would be on the plane and you would hear him, you know, those mixers like the, he would have a battery powered mixer and he would bring his own stuff to make his shakes on the plane. And so he would throw like raw garlic and salad stuff and all this random stuff into a mixer with some water or shake or whatever. And you're, and then like clockwork, half an hour later, he's just bombing the plane. just chemical warfare and he wasn't shy about it and he would walk up and down the aisles and like literally fart right in your face and just then they bomb down the aisle oh he was just so disgusting and he didn't care at all he thought it was hilarious he's the guy who like still to this day takes text video of poops and sentiments to everybody so <laughs> he's an animal like he's an absolute the, the sounds of those texts are the worst sounds i've ever heard in my life so, <laughs> oh god Oh Fine. man! Um, so there you go. <laughs> good answer. What was the the most you were ever impressed by a rookie? The most of when on the ice or off the ice or whatever, like in training camp or something. Like, oh, this kid's gonna be good. Oh man, I don't know. Let me see. That's such a tough question. I'm trying to run down all the teams I've been on, all the camps I've been on. Let's see. We'll start in Minnesota. I was impressed in Minnesota with really nobody. <laughs> with you, with yourself. No, I, I wasn't impressed with myself either. Then I went to Buffalo. 
We had some good Zygmunt Gergensen when I was in Buffalo. He had such a good rookie year, and Tyler Myers too. They both had such strong rookie years. I was like crazy impressed. In Chicago, we had we had some terrible rookies in Chicago. We had um, Jack Skilly and Mac McLean or something. They were the first rounders, and they were bust. Kyle Beach, he was a bust. Um, with San Jose, we had Mirko Mueller. He was an absolute train wreck. Um, who did we have? Who were, what other teams did I play on? I can't remember. Arizona. Arizona, I would say we had the – okay. There We had Duclair and Domi in their rookie season. And that's when they absolutely tore the NHL up. We thought we were going to be a bad team. We had a young team. We had Jordan Martinuk. He was a rookie. Anthony Duclair, Max Domi, Tobias Reeder, I think, was in his second year. We had a super young team. So everyone was projecting us to just be a bottom dweller, you know, three, four years away from competing. And these two guys came in and absolutely just tore the league up. They were scoring at will. They were just racing up and down the ice. It was like a track meet. No one could keep up with them. And it was, it was unbelievable. When I got traded from there, I think we were second or first place in the Pacific division. And we were just, we were outworking teams. We were outskilling teams. We were way faster than every team we played just because these kids would just go, go, go. And because big John gave, gave him a little room on the ice. And as soon as I got traded, their season tanked and you know, everyone knows what happened to me, but that was a fun, fun uh, first half of the season. Cause those kids, they, they were exciting. Every day at the rink was fun. We always, like, after practice, they would always try to grab me and jump me and stuff. So as soon as practice would be over, it would just be like a brawl where I'd see these little kids skating around. I'm like, I'm going to mess somebody up. And i go <laughs> and I just go like a, I would hunt. I'm like, who, who are we going to get today? And it was just, it was a blast. The first, I was there for three or four months. And it was just such a fun time because there were so many youthful kids and they were so cocky and stuff. And it was just really, really a good time. So those two guys... And I don't think their first year of success has translated for the, the next three, four years because they, they came out so fast and they had such success so early on. I don't think they have tasted that since as, you know, as much as they had at that first year. But, you know, Maxie's getting back to that point and Dukes obviously had a great year last year, but he still remains unsigned. The old being your own agent route has not worked out for him. It only works when you're like a grade A prime superstar and you know you're going to get max money. That's the only reason you would be your own agent. If you're not one of those guys, you need an agent to go to bat for you and to call these GMs and kind of stir up some interest in in you. Because if you don't, you just sit there and you hope for the other GMs to call and they're not going to call. There's you and there's a guy like Hoffman. There's Eric Holler. There's other guys out there who they can call because they know their agent. So... It is what it is. Agents have relationships with GMs. My agent got me a job because he's buddies with GMs. He's like, listen, this guy will help you, help me, help you. I got another player. I can make sure he goes to sign with you, maybe give you a deal on him, get Johnny a job. So that's how it works. But anyways, don't mean to declare. <laughs> that's, that's the answer. That's a good answer. Uh, I know it is. I'm giving out some good answers tonight. These are good gems. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. 
I don't know about you guys, but one of the things I'm dreading about getting older is just the fact that these old guys everywhere have ear, ear and nose hair just sticking out in all which direction. It's gross. I want to see it. It makes me want to. It just dreads. Like I, I hope I never get to that point, right? Because your your hair is out of control. You got ear hair. You got nose hair. And either they don't notice. Or they're fine with it and they don't care. And I don't know which is worse. I'm 30 years old. I'm dreading that I ever get to that point in my life. Um, but I'm hoping I never will because of uh, the Weed Whacker and Manscaped. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. The nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. This premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair, mark, nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled nose hair out with your fingers or maybe some tweezers? It might hurt worse than nicking your balls. It's that bad. Manscaped is, for, is now making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to and delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So what are you waiting for? It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. The best part is you can now get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code JohnScott20 at Manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for, for keeping our pubes trimmed and hairs in our holes looking nice. Again, that's 20% off and get free shipping with the promo code JohnScott20 at Manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code John Scott, John Scott 20. What are you waiting for? Go whack those weeds. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. The lack of quality candidates for jobs is remarkable, especially with these kids going through university thinking they're the cat's meow. They think they know better than anybody. It's important to have a company to help you find that candidate. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Football is back in full swing, and the Bills are 7-2. and two. Tim, can you believe that? It's the Pats records right now. What are they? What are they? Two and six? They're horrendous. But football is back, and you might not be at any of the games, hopefully not any of the Pats games. You might barf if you see it. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this series. Win this season, excuse me, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag 
That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sports book experts. What was the best hockey wedding you went to? The best hockey wedding? Yep. You know what's sad? I don't think I went to a hockey wedding. I got invited to a few, but we were always having babies. And it was always tough to get away. So I don't think, like, even my best buddy Bix, like, I could not go to his wedding. Corey Crawford, like, Felino, like, all the Buffalo. I could never go to a wedding. So I never went to one hockey wedding. No. A, because well, it's A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. We were having babies. Like, literally, as soon as I started playing, I, we had Ava. Then we have Gabrielle and Buffalo. Then we had the twins two years later. Then we had Lily. Like, there was no time where we didn't have little babies to take care of. So, I, like, we would get the invites, and it's like, the wedding's going to be in Mexico. It's going to be a one-week just disaster fest. Or come to Kelowna. You can stay a week and a half. It's like we're we're up to our elbows in, in like, poo. And we, we can't get away. And Danielle would never want to go because she grinded out like the season. She didn't like hockey. Like that was not her cup of tea. So she would grind out the season with me. And then the summer was her time to like be at home, be with her friends, be with her family and enjoy life. And the last thing she wanted to do was be dragged away to a hockey wedding. So I could go and like booze it up with the boys and have some fun and just leave her in the dust. Because that's kind of what I did during the season. I would go, I'd go on the road five-star restaurants i tell you what some of the biggest fights we got into was i would be on the road and she would want to talk to me and she would just be like losing pulling her hair out with the kids and i would you know touch down we go to the hotel you just do a quick change and you have to go to to the restaurant and those like two minute conversations like she would want to sit and talk and vent and stuff like i gotta go i gotta go the guys are waiting and i gotta go they're, they're downstairs in the cab. I got to go. And I'm getting texts from the guys like, where are you, where are you at? Where are you at? Let's go. Let's go. We're leaving. We're leaving. Hurry up. And I'm trying to like multitask, like text. I'm coming. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm in the elevator. And she's like, just yelling at me like, well, you never have time for me. And I was like, I got to go. <laughs> so it, yeah, it wasn't good. So when the summer hit, she's like, I'm done with this. We're staying home. We're not going to go to that life again until we absolutely have to. So and that's why I retired ultimately at the end. My wife's like, listen, enough is enough. Like yeah. you dragged me around so long. She did, She wasn't in it for the money, which is great. That's why she's such a good girl. She didn't care about the money. She cared about just being with me and the family. And at the end of the day, I just, you know, we had to agree to disagree and I retired and that was it. But anyways, what was the question? Weddings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no weddings at all, which is kind of sad because you see the pictures and the boys talk about it, you know, at the start of the year. Oh, what an epic wedding. What are you going to do? None. Okay. What, uh, which season do you consider w- w- to be your prime? When do you think you peaked in the NHL? <sighs> boy, oh boy. I think when I played being a forward, it took me a long time to get comfortable being a forward. And I really think my year in San Jose was when I played my best. Um, I, I, I just felt comfortable with the puck. I was in on the rush. I was playing with some good players. Um, Tyler Kennedy, Adam Burrish, those guys, they were fun to play with. They were just two little water bugs. Andrew Desjardins, they would just go and get the puck. And I would just go to the net, blow someone up and, you know, 
I had the most points I've ever gotten. I had three goals, a couple of apples. Like it was, it was fun to, to get some consistent ice time. Todd, Todd McClellan played us, you know, five to seven minutes, five to eight minutes. That's all we wanted. I hated when I was on a team where I knew I was, was only going to get two to five minutes. It was just defeating even going on the ice where it's just like, what's the point? I'm going to get like seven shifts. It's going to be boring. When you knew going into a game, you were going to get five to seven shifts. You weren't even really like, it wasn't fun. It wasn't, a, you weren't really preparing for the game. You knew you, the coach wanted you to go out there, set, set the tone. That was it. You were going to get benched. So like when I was in uh, the Rangers, it, Torts wouldn't play me. It, it was, uh, it wasn't very fun. But yeah, when I was in San Jose, and I think my first year with Buffalo too, it was really fun. Ted Nolan used me all over the place. He really liked the way I played. And I was up on the third line for a cup of tea with Cody McCormick and uh, gosh, I don't know who else, Matt Ellis. Maybe we, we played some pretty good minutes where we were getting 12, 14 minutes a game for a good 20, 30 game stretch. So it was fun. But yeah, those two years, I think my first year in Buffalo and my only year in San Jose were my two best years. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> name a city what, in each. What was your best year, Tim, in your whole life? Uh, probably, actually, honestly, like probably college. Like, just like it was the best player that I had ever played with and like the best coach I had ever had. And it was just like, it was really cool to be a part of that. Like, I mean, I was like, I was a high school hockey player. It was not a special, but all the guys on my team were like played juniors and like captains of their high school teams. And they're all like really, really good. And the league was good. So being part of that and just kind of like learning to play at that level was really cool. So I would say here's a question. Would you rather be the worst player on a good team or the best player on an average team? Uh, it depends on what stage. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Because like, like for high school, right? Like I didn't play varsity till junior year. And I was like, I'm like, I'd rather at that point, I was like, I want to be on the bench on varsity than play another year at JV. You know what I mean? I was sick of that. Well, that's because I think that's your pride getting in the way. But if just, just say you're playing in the AHL. Okay. Or the NHL. We'll say we're in the NHL. Would you rather be the best player on a terrible team or the worst player on the best team? And keep that in mind, that affects your ice time, that affects your points, that affects everything. What would you rather do? Uh, I'd rather be the best player, I think. Make some money, um, get a lot of ice time, and hopefully, you know, at some point in your career, you'll be on a good team to make to win a cup. So, yeah, I mean, to be a superstar, of course, right? It says a lot about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just talking about how crappy it is to play two minutes a game and – and not look forward to it. And then you, sometimes you do that and you're still not even on a good team. Yeah. I just said you're the worst player on a, on a good team. Um, I would choose to be the worst player on a good team where you, I, I'd like to try to play to the level of the players around me. So you, you obviously like to be the front runner and you don't want to work for things. <laughs> okay. That's a typical, that's a typical millennial um, kid. Now you don't want to work for anything. You just want everything handed to you. You just want to show up and everything to be easy. I, on the other hand, would like to work to be, you know, better than the guy beside me. Even if he is better at some point, I, you know, I feel like I can, I can get there. And that's just, that's just the difference between you and I. Yeah. Yeah, totally, John. Totally. Uh, and I, that's just across the board with kids these days. They just don't want to work for anything. I, I could have guessed that would have been your answer before I even asked the question. I was just, I just asked that question to just confirm my hypothesis. 
And it was uh, you have such a low opinion of me. Uh, not not you, um, the youth in general. I would say anybody under the age of thirty, I dislike without even knowing them, until they prove me wrong. So if we meet and you're under the age of thirty, just assume I don't like you, because <laughs> you will be correct until you prove me wrong. <laughs> You'd be correct. All right. Until like you, you just prove me wrong, and I, because I'm sure there's good kids out there, but and I know some of them. They prove they prove me wrong, but for the most part, kids are just soft, soft as baby milk. We went through this last episode. What is the stinking saying? Soft as butter, baby butter is what you said. Well, why do I put the baby in there? I don't understand. You're combining soft it with butter. smoother than a baby's bottom. I think you're is just that mixing that up. Yeah. I think I'm getting stupid as the, as the older I get. I don't You're know what's overworking happening. yourself. Maybe that's what it is. I was up on the roof last night or last night, like tarring the roof because it's going to rain and I'm worried about water getting on my brand new floors that I've just laid and getting down my stove and stuff. So I'm like, I got to put a metal roof on next year. You're going to help me with that. It's going to be, we got a big roof, okay. big, big roof. But anyways, let's do a couple more. I got to get to bed. All right. Uh, name a city in, in each country, U.S. and Canada, that should get the next expansion team. In each country? Yep. So, so two, two cities we have to name. Correct. Interesting. Why don't you name two? Let's, let's hear what you think. Uh, I didn't prep for this. Uh, well, like I've prepped. You're just yeah, I know, but I'm word. just saying that because New Orleans would be cool. I think that I don't know if they could support it, but like they obviously a huge football field down there. That team has no hockey within a hundred mile radius. Let's be realistic here. You can't, you know what? Puerto Rico. I'm picking Puerto Rico. It's a territory. No, be realistic. Think it through what city could sustain a hockey team. What city would get fans? We're not just throwing a team in new Orleans because you like Mardi Gras. Like, come on, let's grow up here. Let's, let's take, make uh, come on. Think of two teams right now. I mean, I, I mean, the boring answers are like a city that already has an AHL team and has, or like, or the the big junior teams in like Michigan or Minnesota or New York, um, like Syracuse or Saginaw. I don't know. What do you think? You're just all right. I think a good team, um, Spokane in Washington. I think that would be great. Now that we have a Seattle Kraken, it would improve the Western division a little bit. I think if you could get another team out West, you could have the California teams, Western Canada teams, get Seattle and Portland or another team out West would be really, really interesting. Maybe a team in Montana. I know they have some good teams, good cities there like Billings or something. That'd be fun. I think that would be a really, really good town to have a team in. It's just an untapped market. I think they don't really have much basketball, football, um, baseball. And I really do think they would just gravitate to hockey. It's just that type of atmosphere. It has the obviously beautiful there. It's absolutely breathtaking when you go there. So, yeah, I'll say Billings. I think that'd be a good one. I don't know their population, though. You know, I went they, there on the road trip. How big of a city that is? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the population. It's a decent-sized well, like, city, but there's not much around like 100, it. 100,000? Like you think 200? Uh, no, grand? no. I don't think there's 100,000. So I think to sustain a team, you need uh, like at least – Two, three hundred thousand people within a fifty-mile radius to sustain a team, at least. I don't think a team can survive unless you have a pretty, pretty big 
population in the surrounding area. So maybe that wouldn't work. You need, you need to find a bigger market. But in Canada, I, like I think Ontario's maxed out. You know, Toronto and Ottawa, I don't think you can fit another team in Toronto. Like Quebec City's the easy answer because they had a team there before. I think what would make this really interesting is you throw a team out east. You put a team in Halifax. You put a team in St. John's. Those are the two, two cities out east. That could sustain a team. They go crazy for hockey out there. The only thing that makes it hard is the travel. You could not put a team in St. John's just for the pure travel. Teams get stuck there all the time. I played there. The team would come in. They wouldn't be able to leave for a week because of the fog. So maybe not there. I think Halifax would be a really interesting city to put an NHL team in. They have the population. The passion's there. They, they support the Halifax uh, – what's that? It's the, they're in the queue. I, can't, I always get this name wrong. Anyways. The Mooseheads? Is that it? It might be. Sounds it might familiar. Be. Yeah, but anyways, Halifax, that's that's my uh that's my team. Because Manitoba, they have the uh Jets. Alberta has a team. Saskatchewan doesn't have one. You could throw one in Regina, I guess. Maybe that's another one. Anyways, those are my two teams in Canada, Regina or Halifax. It'll never happen. If they're gonna put a team in Canada, it'd be Quebec City or Toronto again. So yeah. We're just talking up the yin yang. Now let's do one more. Um three more, five more. Well, let's wrap it up. One or two more. Okay. This is the, a quote I came across during uh, the pandemic and during when hockey started up again and the bubble and everything. And people were saying like hockey players are like, oh, they're, they're human too. Like this is hard for them. They're away from their families and people are kind of giving them crap. Do you realize that, this right? pandemic has been going on for almost nine months? It's crazy. Do you think Joe Biden being our new president will just stop the pandemic? Like he's like, he said, he's going to do. Who knows? We'll have to see it what just, happens. Because he just said, I'm going to stop it, man. Come on, man. I'm going to stop it. We'll see. So, you know what's going to happen? Mark my word. He takes over in January. That's when, he, that's when his presidency starts. This thing's going to be terrible for the next month and a half, two months. And then he's going to step into office. And the, things are, and the virus will already have started to slow down. And so he's going to go, we're going to mask up. We're going to mask up. Everybody's going to be safe. But by that point, millions of people have already been getting this in the states and the herd immunity is already going to be started and everyone's going to think he's a genius he's going to win the nobel prize people are going to love him and life's going to go on like he's the king because he's going to stop the virus but he wouldn't have done anything because everyone's just going to get this virus in the next few months it's happening like hundreds of thousands of people are getting this like a day isn't it it's crazy so maybe not hundreds of thousands like thousands and thousands of people are getting this a day so that's my prediction write it down Mail me, mail me your money because it's going to happen. All right, sorry. The pandemic. Back well, okay. to your question. So the quote was: How many times an episode do you think I cut you off? Uh, four or five. And then, how many times do you think I should cut you off? Zero. Zero. You no. think you're that important? <laughs> no. You can cut how me. How many times anytime. do you cut me off? Never. Yeah, I think you're right. I got to be better with my manners because I get after my kids all the time too. I'm like, be patient, wait your turn, be patient. Literally like a hundred times a day. It's so your show, I, just John. Take out, I take out my pent up aggression on you of getting interrupted. <laughs> the best thing with my kids is they'll ask me a question and then midway through my answer, they're already talking to their other sister. They've already checked out of my answer. And I'm just like still talking. I'm like, Oh yeah, you see how the sun when it shines through the water's blue because that's the only color that gets and they're just like already gone. Like, why is the water blue? I'm giving this great answer. And they're just already <laughs> ignoring it. I'm like, okay, all right, never mind. 
<laughs> Got me. All right. All right. Last question. Uh, so the quote that came out was being a professional athlete is what they do, not who they are <clears throat> in defense of players inside the bubble. Right. And, but who is the exception to this rule where being a professional athlete is who they are? Oh, I think he was on the show, Patty Marlowe. Ooh. I think he, he just identifies with being a professional athlete. I, 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 I don't know what he'll do when he retires. That's why I think he'll hang on even as a Dano Chara. I think the guys who hang on, for a long, long time. I just feel like that's who they are. And as soon as you take that away from them, they might have a hard time adjusting to, you know, life not being in the limelight. I don't know. Who would you say would be the guy who is like, I'm a professional athlete. I, athlete. This is what I do. A guy like a Zach Parisi, like he eats, sleeps, breathes hockey. When I, when I would skate with him in Minnesota, he would have already like gone through two workouts. He was going to go shoot bucks afterwards. Like that's all he does. He's very serious about his craft. That's all he does. So it's just the guys like that who really, really take it serious. And I think kids these days, they're, they're becoming more and more like that where hockey is their whole life and they don't have anything away to, away from hockey. Like they leave the rink and they go and think about hockey. Whereas, you know, 15 years ago, we would leave the rink. We'd go to a restaurant, have a couple of drinks, play some cards. And we wouldn't think about hockey until we came back to the rink. So that's where I think the game has changed. I don't know. Who would you think is a guy who's just like all business, all the time, all hockey? Yager comes to mind. I mean, he's like, he's he's nothing but a hockey player, right? He's he's a hockey yeah. player. Another yeah. name that comes to mind, uh, as far as just like being a professional and, and just in the way that he handles his craft is Gerby, right? He just like, there's yeah. not a, a an ounce of wasted energy that's not just like, toward her. I mean, he's a family guy. He's got young kids. He's all into that. But he's also, he's a professional, you know? Yeah, I always, you have to have a balance. And this is where I feel like people miss the boat of enjoying what you're doing. And that's where I think I excelled during my playing days because I really enjoyed every second. I like took it all in all the time. Like, oh, we're going to go to a five-star restaurant. This is going to be awesome. Like I am in. <laughs> like, oh, we're flying on a private jet and you have food and beers and drinks. I'm going to enjoy this. Like I'm going to live it up. You know what I mean? Whereas it, and maybe this makes me sound like a bad person or a bad teammate, but like we would lose a game and we would get on the plane and everybody's downtrodden and upset. And, you know, the, the stewardess or steward would come down the aisle and be like, Oh, you know, tough game. You guys probably just want, you know, to go to bed. I'm like, I'll take a beer and a pack deck of cards, please. And you know, you, you just, you don't know when this is going to end. So it's like, we, we lost, you know, that's terrible, but you can't let it affect you your whole night into the next morning. You move on, you pick yourself up. Let's have a couple of beers and play some cards. Like we're not hooting and hollering, but we're still enjoying life. I still want to be happy. I don't want to be sad all the time just because we lost a game. Maybe if it was a big game or if I did something wrong, I might have a different attitude. But if it was just a loss, you know, along the way, you just, you know, you roll with the punches. And I really did take the time to enjoy everything I, I had a sweet hotel room. Like this is unbelievable. We're staying in a Ritz Carlton in Los Angeles. Like this room probably costs a thousand dollars a night. We go to Florida, stay at a four seasons right on the hotel, right in the middle of March break. Like it was packed. And here we are. I have this beach balcony where I can pull the door open and I'm like on the 40th floor and I'm just looking at the ocean. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like where am I right now? I'm just like some, punk kid who grew up in St. Catharines and I'm like 
living the life right now. It, it was really, and I never took it for granted. That's, that's what I think is missing with the game these days. People just think of it as a job and they want the paycheck and they don't just stop to say, you know what, this is like stinking cool. Like, look at what I'm doing. I'm hanging out with NHL guys. I'm playing hockey. Then I get to travel all over the country and just do all this cool stuff, go to cool concerts. Like anytime we got to go to a neat concert, I always went like, this is, this is a very, very short window we have. Even concerts I didn't want to go to, like Billy Joel, Elton John. I'm like, no, I kind of don't want to go to this one, but I will. It was an epic concert. Madison Square Garden. I'm like, this is unbelievable. So it, it was really cool. Anyways, what was, I can't remember what the question was. No. Oh, guys, we take hockey too serious. I think it's, a, it's one of the biggest travesties with the game. Because the guys who played 30 years ago, they knew how to have fun. They, they knew that hockey was a game. And they knew how to have fun. They knew they were playing a kid's game. So. I think nowadays people take it too serious. And that's, that's a big issue. Because do, do people look like, I don't know, I don't want to get into it. The, kid, the kids don't look like they're having fun most of the time. It's like serious. They don't let, let their hair down until they're like the camera's away and their phone's off and they look probably drug addicts behind the scene. Who knows? They need something to wind down. Anyways, Tim, what else do we got? That's a good place to, to end it for the night. We'll save some yeah, for another I, episode. I, what should we do? Should we try to get a, an interview for Wednesday? Maybe get yeah. Max Domi something on? Or we'll just do another throwback. I don't shoot, know. Shoot him a text. All right. I'll or, just see if we Friday. can get Max or someone else going and we can, we'll figure it out. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this. I like talking about this. The reminiscing. It's fun. I hope you guys enjoy it too. I hope you're doing well. We will talk to you on Wednesday. Cheers. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.